Welcome to another episode of the Wholesale Elite Podcast. I am Aisham Hipsher, and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Tanner Santucci. What up, dude? Let's get it going, bro. Let's go. Let's go. Yo, guys, the land goat is in the building. We got him right here, Mr. Elijah Bryant. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How y'all doing? Doing, doing good, man. Doing excellent. Uh, for, for those of you who uh, maybe have been living under a rock for a little bit and haven't seen this guy on, on social or anywhere, um, Elijah Bryant is uh, the, the truth. He's the real deal. He's been at this for a while. And I cannot wait to dive into his story because I've, I've seen him. I've followed him. I've been following him for, I don't know, almost a year now. Um, so we finally got him on the podcast. And we're, we're not going to talk too, too much about Lan. I, I'm more so curious about his his uh, you know his 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 mindset and his his insight into why he you know made the transition into real estate and then how land came about and, and all this and that. But we'll, uh, we'll 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 dive right in. So Elijah, man, so you're all the way in uh, in Tampa, Florida, correct? Yep, I'm in Tampa, Florida. You know, it's beautiful out here. Man. Jealous, man. <laughs> no kidding. I think Tanner and I both are jealous. I'm, I'm in Alaska and Tanner's in Oklahoma, so you definitely beat us on the on the weather. Yeah, it's hot, <laughs> sunny, palm trees. Yes, Even sir. Time, I love Tampa. <laughs> Man, that's yeah. So you're originally from uh, New York, right? The New York City. Yep, Staten Island, New York. Staten Dude, Island. T- take t- take us back. Take us back to um, what what life was like for you uh, growing up in Staten Island. Uh, growing up in Staten Island, just like any urban city. Uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot going on, especially in New York. It's like everybody is together. So one thing about New York, I feel like you learn how to move because of that. You have so many different personalities. You know, growing up, I lived in a building my whole life. So I always had somebody on top of me, below me and to the mm. sides of me. So you have all these different personalities in this one building, you know, 20 plus floors. So it was definitely a a gift and a curse, I would say. You know, I learned how to move based off of that. And yeah. What was that? So what's family life like? Are you only child or big family or? Yeah. So I'm the only child. You know, I had my mom and dad. They, you know, kind of broke up when I was around seven years old, but they lived 10 minute walk from each other. So, you know, whenever I get in trouble with my mom, just walk (laughs) over to my dad's house. So definitely it was still a blessing. And yeah, they're both in my life, have a big family, supportive family. So that definitely makes everything a lot easier. That's phenomenal. Um, I I can relate a lot to that. My my parents uh, divorced and remarried three times before they figured it just wasn't going to happen. And and the final time I was, I don't know, nine, nine or 10 or something like that. Um, but yeah, my dad did the same thing. You know, he, he always stuck, stuck close by. And so even though they, they didn't live together, you know, they were both still in the picture and I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that as I'm sure you are as well. Um, so good. So, okay. So you're clearly an entrepreneur. Where did this come from? Were you, did, were your parents business owners or did they raise you to be like that? Yeah. My dad actually owned his own business, uh, BB express growing up. I used to always see his truck. What he would do was deliveries for, you know, high end clients. So I would see his truck growing up, see BB Express. He had it like big printed on his truck. So I guess growing up that subconsciously made me want to be an entrepreneur as well growing up. Absolutely. Did you so um, did you go like after high school, did you go straight into entrepreneurship or did you? college or what was that route like after after high school i went to college for business and marketing uh i wasn't the best student per se but always had a great work ethic you know it took me six years to get a four-year degree but I, i would say you know within those six years i learned a lot you know even though i wasn't the best student i did get you know extra years of schooling and then right. you know mature so Absolutely. That's a that's a an incredible perspective um, that you have on that. You know, most people will kick themselves for not, or they'll they'll almost be ashamed when they mentioned it. But you know, for you, it's 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 a badge of honor because it's like no no no, like I didn't rush through it. 
you know, I wasn't the best student, which no entrepreneur is, you know, most, <laughs> you know? most of us yeah. are very ADD and it's just, it's hard to, uh, to just pay attention. We're, we're not the best pupils. Um, but you know, you, you got it done and, um, you built some, I'm, I'm sure you built an incredible network over those six years. Um, and you've learned what it took to do stuff on your own without having someone, you know, barking down your, you know, down your back. And so yeah, that's, that's another thing with college, right? You, you kind of separate from your parents. I went to school outside of my, uh, the city. So I went to school upstate New York. So now mm. like I'm by myself and just trying to figure things out. So I did play basketball at college. I was very good. I loved basketball. That was my passion. I always had a strong work ethic in the gym, you know, before class, after class, you know, after practice, I would stay around, shoot. And that actually gave me the opportunity to play in El Salvador, uh, basically oh, wow. low level professional basketball. Dang, that's 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 pretty awesome. I'm, I'm starting to see a common thread amongst uh, people um, th that we interview and that a lot of them have sports backgrounds. So I'm curious, do, do you, well, let me ask this first. You said you've, you've got a great work ethic and you, you know, first one showing up to practice, last one to leave and whatnot. Was it always that way? Or, uh, did, did, you know, your dad ever sit down with you one time when you were slacking off and have a conversation or was, was that just an innate thing for you? I think so with basketball, I'm 5'11". I, I was grow I grew up actually playing soccer. So to get mm. that edge over people, I had to work twice as hard as everybody else. Right. So once I noticed that once I put in the work and I'm getting this separation from people, you know, with my skills, getting the accolades, I know once I put in the work and if I put in more work than everybody else, I'm going to be better than everybody else. So I feel like that just translated over into real estate. Very Tanner, nice. I'm, sure, I'm sure you can relate to a lot of that. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> I, I played college baseball. And so I was actually going to mention the two things that piggybacking off Aisham. One is it seems like, you know, athletes, it's a common trend among entrepreneurs. Um, a lot of athletes end up at some point in their life uh, being an entrepreneur. And I think that has a lot to do with the discipline that you're taught in athletics and and you know the work ethic right because not everyone is born um a lebron james or you know uh, a patrick mahomes with just a god-given gift you, you know a lot of people have to work for it and so and i was one of those people i had to work for it um and then the other thing obviously i makes me laugh every time is the college aspect of it a lot of entrepreneurs it's funny they it seems like they take longer in college to get through college um, I don't know why that is. Well, I do know. Why. I, I think I know why that is. And, like for me, it took me longer than four years too, uh, okay. right? And so, my perspective on it is, and the trend that I see is a lot of entrepreneurs that go through college and it takes them a long time because they don't really believe in what they want to do. Hmm. They haven't found that passion, so you're kind of just going through the motion and, and going to school and just because people tell you to, but you really yeah. don't believe in it. You're not you're not hungry to graduate because you know when you graduate. It's like, oh, shit, now I got to go find a W-2. Right. Entrepreneurs don't want that. And so I just thought it was ironic that you also mentioned not only you're an athlete and it took you six years instead of four because it took me longer than four, too. So well, um, let me ask you, Elijah, when when you were in college and it took you that extra time, did you have a goal? Were you like, all right, I'm going to push through this? Or was it just like, I just got to graduate? Yeah. So my first year, uh, I did like really bad in the sense that, you know, just my first time away from home. Sure. Like the freedom, my mom, dad, they were very disciplined growing up, even though I had a lot of friends. I, I wasn't f as free as them. You know, they wouldn't just let me go outside <laughs> for hours. I'm the only child, too. So my mom still you. calls me up every day to yeah. check. Her phone, you know, so shout out, mom. Yeah, shout shout out mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. So with that, I think the discipline from that. It just everything, like you said, Tanner, the discipline, it translates. Uh, you you grow up knowing that if I put in this, I'm going to get this in return. So 
Well, let me just kind of clear the air for anyone who's listening or watching and they're thinking, man, that's not me. You know, I wasn't, I don't have this crazy, you know, work ethic. You know, I wasn't in sports. I'm not that competitive, all that stuff. Let me just clear the air by saying, I don't relate to either one of these two guys that (laughs) that you're hearing from right now. (laughs) I am that guy that did not have a good work ethic. I had I mean, I had like 20 something jobs, you know, but by the time that I, I really settled into what I wanted to do, um, I never finished college. I, I, I took like one or two semesters um, sports. I sucked at. I was never really competitive. I was more I was the guy who didn't want to lose more so than wanted to win. You know, I, I was that that kind of competitive. I just didn't want to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I don't relate to you guys on that aspect. But what I what I do find fascinating is when I did find something that I really wanted to do, I was like a dog on a bone. Like, like you couldn't shake my focus, my energy, my effort, my hustle, my work ethic, none of that. Um, and that was real estate, essentially. You know, Before that, there were some things that I tried, but man, this is the first thing that I've done where I just don't wanna stop. You know, And I've been doing this for, for a little while now. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there to anyone who, who, who can't really relate. Um, I don't want you guys to think that that's that's definitely the path, um, but it's it's good to hear these these stories because it really gives us an idea of of who you are and 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 what you know uh, what you're all about. And so let's transition, man. Like, so how did real estate come about? Yeah, so when I was in El Salvador, you know, it was a third world country, the, not the best living conditions. Kind of lost the passion for the game, and I knew I had to figure out you know, how to make money. I'm not going to live in my mom's basement for the next 20 years of my life. Right. Right. And I knew I didn't want a regular job. So that's when, you know, YouTube and Googling how to become a millionaire. Uh, how can I make, you know, 20,000 within the next 30, 60 days. And that's when I came across wholesaling. Interesting. And then, yeah. Then from there, uh, just, you know, YouTube university, I came across one of uh, actually a breakfast club interview of this guy named Mark Witten. And he was speaking about how, you know, wholesaling, you could make 10 to 20,000 without actually spending any money on buying the house. And that's when I got wholesaling. So once I got back to the States, I was door dashing. And while listening to DoorDash, I mean, while door dashing, uh, I'm listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm listening to different podcasts. And then that's when I came across this dude named Dan Green. And he was being interviewed by Brent Daniels. And he was mentioning how he moved from Jacksonville, uh, Florida, to Tampa, Florida, living on his friend's couch. And he made 300000 in one year wholesaling real estate. And that just like, that blew my mind. You know, mm-hmm. we were the same age at the time, 25. And you know, I'm watching this actually with my mom at the time. And she's like, hit him up, hit him up, hit him up. You know, my ego, <laughs> my ego was like, no, we the same age. I barely got $50 in my pocket. Like, you're not even going to reach back out to me. But, you know, I put my ego pride to the side and I contacted him. And, you know, I asked him, listen, like, I'll work for you for free. Just if you could teach me the game. If I could learn from you. And he said, come down for an interview. And told my mom, you know, in New York, you don't really need a car. So my mom gave me her car and I was on my way to Florida. Man. So when you came down for the interview, uh, were you planning on living in Tampa or were you just coming down to kind of see what this guy was all about and then drive right back? Yeah. So. I do have my grandmother. She lives about an hour, hour and a half outside of Tampa. So knowing that, you know, it made it 10 times easier because now I could just live with my grandmother, you know, pay some bills and be next to people that's doing real estate. So once I actually got down here, uh, I didn't, you know, meet up with Dan right, right away. I had bandit signs that I was going to put in Staten Island. So I just took those bandit signs and I started putting them out in uh, Florida, in Tampa. As soon as I got down, uh, I put the bandit signs out and, you know, eventually met up with Dan and I worked for him for a little bit. So was Dan, was Dan 
when you came down for the interview, was he doing land or was he doing property? No, he was actually doing houses. Mm, so, okay. yeah, when I was in the office with him, you know, when I actually started working with him, all I was all I knew about was driving for dollars. Right. You know, I didn't know about creating lists and cold calling and, you know, speaking to the sellers like that. So when he actually gave me the opportunity and I was on the phones, I was terrible. You know, I had <laughs> no cold calling experience. So what I was what I used to do was I used to like record him, record him because he was really, really good on the phone. I used to record him. Uh, and then after work, I'll door dash for like three or four hours. Then I'll go back home and then practice uh, what he was saying to sellers in the mirror, just mimicking him. So, and I noticed like each day I would get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better to the point where it was like, you know what? I think I'm comfortable doing it myself. And then that's when I started trying it myself. Man, wow. that's so powerful. But when you were mimicking him, did you did you ever find yourself saying, um, how do I incorporate my own personality into this conversation? Or did you just get really good at understanding kind of how he was thinking and why he was saying what he was saying? Like, what, what was it that that uh, that you really kind of gleaned from listening to his conversations? I think more so tonality. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also. What I noticed was every call is is fairly similar. It's not that big of a difference, right? You need the uh, the motivation, condition, uh, timeline. So it was it was fairly simple, uh, and that's where you know I started just practicing, and I feel like I developed certain uh, situations that he was going through, and I knew exactly what to say now because I was watching him over and over again right so when i started doing it myself that's when i started getting deals uh i closed 12 house deals uh within that eight months before wow. i actually got into doing land well hmm. let me well let me ask you this um and this is kind of backtracking just a hair when you came down for the interview knowing you were going to potentially move in with your grandma were you Real, I guess the first question is real quick. Did you already plan? And I may have missed this. Did you already plan it moving in with your grandma? Is that already set in stone, or were yeah, you so, just like that's an option? Yeah. So when he when he called me, I mean when he said come down, you know that was the first person I called. Called my grandmother. I let her know, you know my my dreams, my goals, what I was looking to achieve. She said come down, let's do it. Because the reason I ask, and it leads into this question, is. I'm a believer in not having a plan B. Mm -hmm. And so what that, what that, what I interpreted, interpreted, whatever the hell you said, I can't speak <laughs> right now, but how I took that is essentially you weren't going to use your, your business and marketing degree in Tampa. You came down to Tampa with one goal and you were going to make it happen regardless. And like I said, I'm a big believer in no plan B because I think if you give yourself a plan B, you're giving yourself already an excuse to quit before you even start. And so I want everyone that's listening to again use what Elijah is saying and if there's any doubt in your mind in my opinion don't do it because you're already gonna you're already you're already failed so li listen to what Elijah said again and go go take the action don't have a plan b um and take risk and Elijah's a living proof of that because it sounds like it obviously worked out yeah I, like my whole mentality was kind of like a get rich or die trying yes, like sir. <laughs> even even before that right and I don't really mention this uh but you know when i drove down to florida uh i had to park my car in virginia the amtrak i took the train down so i drove from new york to virginia took the amtrak right when you take the amtrak and you put your car your car is in the back so i'm like i'm coming to florida you know i had a tank top shorts some <laughs> slides you know i'm thinking florida's hot when i tell you this train ride it was 13 hours. This was the coldest train ride in the world. I'm literally in this train shivering, right? I'm asking the ladies, can you turn down the AC? There wasn't that many people there. So it was like, like I said, 13 hour ride. And I'm basically about to freeze to death. And I'm like, if I can make it past this, 
once I land in Tampa, like I'm going to make this happen. And another thing that I learned from that was I'm never going to be scared to speak to somebody again because mm. I feel like what I could have done to eliminate that whole 13 hours of pain was all I had to do next. Everybody that was on that train ride, you know, can I borrow a blanket? You know, I'm freezing. Can I borrow a sweater or something? Because I was really felt like it was over. So, <laughs> I knew, yeah, like I knew once I actually touched down into Florida that I'm going to make this happen because I just went through all the pain that I had to go through. Man. So, let, me, let me ask this one thing real quick because um, I guess let's jump right into it. So I know you said you did 12 houses in your first eight months wholesaling. Yeah. So how, what, what it sounds like you had success doing that. So why transition to land? Yeah. So even when I was doing houses, right, I was, I was getting deals consistently. You know, I, what I noticed, right, especially in entrepreneurship is always going to be pivots. So when I first started out was driving for dollars, drove the whole Tampa, St. Petersburg, Lakeland, all the surrounding areas. Right. Then I knew about lists, started calling lists, starting getting success from both. Then I noticed that, you know, it's starting to get a little bit difficult. So now I have to go virtual. So I started calling deals in Indiana, closed, you know, about five to six deals in Indiana, closed deals in Iowa. So I noticed that I always was going to have to make a pivot. Then I noticed, you know, houses started getting real tough. I didn't have a deal the next month. So that's when I knew I had to pivot, do something different. I did have a couple people out here that was doing land. They was getting deal after deal after deal. And I'm doing good at houses. You know, I'm getting deals that was 20,000, 15. So I ain't jumped right in. But once I knew that little, like that hold where I don't have a, a house deal the next month, that's when I was like, you know what? I'm going to just try land. And literally soon I jumped in, it felt like the gates was open. Like, Got the first deal, made six thousand, and then it was just back to back to back after that. Damn, I love it. Yeah. What uh, what what about land? Other than the well, let me let me ask you. When did this happen? Was this before the big peak of the market last year? So for twenty twenty, I did all houses. Right. The pandemic. That's actually March of 2020 is when I closed my first house deal. So from March to December, I was doing houses. Uh, January came around for 2021. I didn't have a deal. I see. So now I'm like, OK, what am I going to do? <laughs> and that's when around that time, that's when I started searching for houses. I actually used to pull code violations list from the county, Polk County. With that, you would get commercial, you would get houses, you would get land in that in that pipeline. So my friends that were doing land here, I had a land deal. You know, I just offered low. The guy accepted. I didn't know it was a deal. I brought it to them. I was like, yo, is, do you guys think this is a deal? They was like, no, this is a deal. Do you want a JV? I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna, you know, search myself uh, and look for a builder. Being around them, I kind of already knew the process, right? I was air hustling. I was listening to them when they were speaking. So I kind of already knew how to find the builder from being around them. Called the builders up on Google, and the builder literally said, yeah, we want it. Made 6,000 in 20 days. And then from there, I just became addicted. He gave me his whole criteria in Florida of exactly his price points, how many lots he's looking for in this quarter and the zip codes. And once I got that information, all I had to do was the marketing. When I tell you, I couldn't go to sleep. I ain't want to sleep. You know, <laughs> It was literally back to back to back. Absolutely. Every, what, eight to 10 offers, I was getting something under contract. So That man. sounds about right. Man. Okay. So were you still with Dan Green at this time? No, so I worked for Dan for about probably the longest a month okay. before I started doing it myself. So yeah, I see. 
Wait, do you, did you separate just because you saw that you could do this on your own and the spreads were just better doing it that way? Nah, he 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 kindly fired me. I right? see. I wasn't like I said, I wasn't the best on the phone. Even though I was getting better each day, it wasn't enough to where it was like, I'm gonna keep you around. But yeah. what he did was he he continued to like mentor me, right? Any questions that I have, and then we used to hang out all the time, right? I didn't have that many friends here, so we used to hang out all the time, and it was no love loss. That's incredible. Are you guys still in touch? Yeah, we're we're close. That's what's up. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been friends with anyone after they fired me. Testament <laughs> <laughs> to you. Um, well, man, I, I know I'm I'm gonna let Tanner loose here in a second because uh, I know he's he's got a a lot of stuff he's probably gonna want to ask you about land. Uh, but let me just ask you, like, what what's been what's been the most impactful impactful part of your land journey so far? impactful um i would say i would say i guess from closing deals you know i think when you're doing it 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 don't feel like you're doing something miraculous right until i hear from the outside and even being on these podcasts getting invited it didn't feel like i was doing something out of the ordinary because i'm doing it every day so I think more so with the land and getting the recognition from my hard work and now networking with a whole bunch of different people from different regions of this United States, getting invited to go to Dallas, getting invited to go to Arizona. Like, I think that's what land did for me. That's powerful. Um, so what's your what's your. Other than land, obviously, being a way to, to make a quick buck with you know knowing the builders and stuff do you have an end goal for land like do you have a goal of being a developer do you want to do fix and flip like what what's the benefit of you focusing specifically on land do you have one uh not necessarily i mean i do want to start building i own multiple parcels in florida uh so i do want to start building i don't think it's the best time to build right now that's why i haven't started yet but I do want to become a developer. And then what I noticed now that, you know, not to bring it off topic, but with having my academy and helping others close deals, that's one of like, to me, I feel like that may be my purpose. I get more satisfaction now in helping others close deals than actually closing my own deals. So I think in the long term, I really like, like when jazz, Jazz, one of my members of the academy, she did a consultation call with me, right? At that time, I was charging 300 for 30 minutes because I knew, like, it was the game was open. So I knew whoever was going to sign up, do the consultation call, and if they applied it, was going to get a deal, right? She, she started, got a deal the next day, $9,500 profit that she got under contract, you know, couple days after that same week she got two more deals in 30 days she made 25,000 right that itself was like like damn this is really happening but later on that year within six months she calls me up I'm going into my office got a glazed donut iced coffee you know walking <laughs> into my office I get a call she's in his jazz she's like Eli I gotta tell you something you know she sounded like she was crying right i'm like jess you good she's like yo bro like i just quit my job and hey. i'm a six-figure marking assignment hey. like, <laughs> let's go changed my life like when i tell you i just broke down crying right there it was hey. literally the best feeling i ever felt in my life so when you say long term i really get great satisfaction in helping somebody else change their life Dude, I love that. You know, it's I think Tanner and I's faces both lit up when you were telling that story because we we literally just experienced that uh, with with one of our team members. So we're you know we we made the pivot to land a few months ago, and uh, you know we, we have a small team of four. And uh, one of our guys, he was with us from the very beginning. He was actually you know we used to JV on stuff when we were in the the housing world. Um, he 
he just matter of fact uh, yesterday yesterday uh, he closed three deals in the last couple of weeks like over thirty thousand dollars worth of assignments in the, those three deals and before that tanner literally had to uh, let him borrow a couple hundred dollars so that he could open up pay a bank stuff. account yeah so he could pay off a credit card to open up a bank account wow. and now you know he's got there, there's commas in his bank account right. and I mean, just the joy on his face and just knowing that we, we played a part in that was yeah. massive and it was so addicting. And I, my, my next thought to Tanner was, all right, we got to get Drew a deal. We got to yeah. get this. Yeah, like we got to get more deals for our team. That feels amazing. Like amazing. we're making less than they're making, but who cares? Like, it, like this is amazing. So yeah. that's, that's very commendable, man. And I, I think that's a pretty impactful uh, um, part of your journey. So um, yeah, thank you for sharing that, man. Let me ask you, because you're you're pretty seasoned now um, at, at this level. What? How do you deal with disappointment in business? Disappointment happens. You know, I don't have every month is not you know fifty, sixty thousand, right? Especially with this game, it goes up and down. You have uh, trends. So when when that comes, I I like to. You know, I like to travel. I like to get away. I like to step mm -hmm. from the actual business. I like, you know, having team meetings uh, where we have dinners or we go to like the day party and just back away from the actual business and know that we're doing this, you know, to be happy, to have fun, to right. like that. So when it comes to disappointment, I, I like doing fun things that will get my mind distracted from you know, the stress that we I go see. through daily. I see. Yeah, it sounds like you, you just keep things in proper perspective and you know that you can't have joy without pain, you know? Exactly. So they come together. So. Absolutely. Um, what's what's one of the last things you did that was out of your comfort zone? Mm, out of my comfort zone. Damn, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I would say to me, to be honest, I think going on that TTP podcast was like really out of my comfort zone, you know, because Brent Daniels, he hit me up, right? I get a random text message. I'm on driving home. I get a random text message from, you know, I guess Brent Daniels saying, hey, this is Brent Daniels. I heard your story. I want you on my podcast. You know, at, at first, I'm like, dang, I don't feel like I'm ready to be on your podcast. I didn't, you know, I didn't see that in myself yet. So I think me actually going out there and taking that leap and then seeing the, you know, the success and not only the success from it, but connecting with people out there while I was in Arizona, while I was in Brendan's office and studio, his mentor was there. Right. So as me and Brent is having just a casual conversation, his his mentor comes in. Brent introduces me. and He's like, I know you. Like, wow. That's you, awesome. you, you a star. And this is coming from somebody that Brent looks up to. I'm looking up to Brent like Brent, the godfather. So <laughs> right. from somebody else, it was like, I'm glad I actually took that leap and did that because not only am I getting great success from it, it just let me know that, you know, we only block ourselves within our mind. Once we, you know, conquer that fear that's blocking us, sky's the limit, all the opportunities mm -hmm. in the world, so. What do you mm -hmm. think separates yourself from everyone else? Uh, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know, because I don't think I'm super special. I feel like I'm an everyday average person that just works hard, reads books, drinks water. <laughs> like, I guess, you know, when when times get hard, I just go harder. Like, I don't mm. I don't give up. So I guess that like I don't plan on giving up ever. You uh, you said you read books. What's a What's a book that you've referred uh, to others more than any any other? Uh, the Game of Life and How to Play It. Who's and the author? Florence Chevelle. I think okay. that's how you pronounce her name. And the reason why I would say that book is, one, 
you know, I, I haven't read the Bible, but what she does is she takes scriptures from the Bible and she breaks them down to like where a, somebody that's 13 years old will understand. And mm. it's a quick read. You could literally read it within a week. And I literally feel like she basically breaks down this life and how to play it. So it's just like how the book says it, the game of life and how to play it. That's incredible. I, I, well, thank you for that. I'll, I'll definitely check into that. I, I like you. I've never read the Bible, but I think I've read enough books that take excerpts from the Bible where I could probably patch it all together. Uh, yeah. There's a book that I, I have here, uh, Doing Business by the Good Book. And that was the first one I ever read that was you know, uh, secular in, in, any, in any degree. And it was fascinating to hear, like, I didn't know Proverbs. I knew nothing about the, you know, I knew the chapters and whatnot, but I hear about Proverbs and I'm thinking, I kind of want to read the book of Proverbs now. Like, it just seemed like it was like all business talk. Like, this is right yeah. up my alley. But uh, I will it, also it, say Think and Grow Rich, too. Mm. Uh, I know most people promote this, but Think and Grow Rich really changed my mindset. It literally gives you the blueprint to me on like how your mindset, you know, you could change your mindset. So, for example, when I first started, right, I had the, I, I read in the book, if you want to achieve something, you got to write it down. You got to be specific, give yourself a date, an amount, and then tell yourself why, why you want this, what you're going to do, and when you're going to get it. Yes. And I did that exact same thing, I believe, 2021. Right. Remember, January, I didn't have a deal. Right. I'm writing this down where it's like, oh, is this really going to happen? Because, you know, once the new year start, you start at zero. Yeah. So I'm writing these goals. January, I didn't get a deal. I'm like, who this is this year going to look rough. But by the end of this year, you know, that next month closed my first land deal. And I made, you know, a lot more than what I put on that paper. And what I wrote in that paper, I was scared. You know, I'm like, man, I make, you know, over, I mean, when I was doing houses, I just got to six figures, right? But when I was writing those goals down, it was basically 165000 I didn't really feel like I could do it. You know, I knew I could, but it was still that doubt. It felt scary, but I made a lot more than that, you know? So I feel like that's one thing from that book that really took me to the next level. Man, shout out Napoleon Hill for writing that book. Thanks. Like, what a, <laughs> I mean, what an incredible, like I, I keep mine, you know, right here. And they say, you know, show me a man who's, uh, um, what is it? Show me a man whose books are uh, torn apart or something like that. And I'll show you a man whose life isn't man or woman. And That's I, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to, I'll get it to you once I find the clean version of it. But I need to get some more weathering on my Think and Grow Rich because it's not as beat up as it needs to be. Um, <laughs> so um, do you I like asking kind of morning routine stuff just out of curiosity. Are you, are you a morning routine kind of guy? Uh, not no more. I used to. But I noticed and I read this like uh, or I heard it and it kind of stuck with me like everybody's different, right? So some mm -hmm. people may have a morning routine. Some people like doing work at night. Some people like doing work in the afternoon. So I feel like as long as I'm disciplined and I check off everything I need to get done during the day, then I won the day. So that's, that's kind of how I have it. You know, I write down everything. Like I have a whiteboard in my apartment and I have like everything. I feel like if I get this done today, I won this day. Right. So right. as long as I get everything done, if I could check off everything, I won the day. And, you know, you do that 365 days, you're a whole different person yep. at the end of that. That's powerful, man. I, uh, yes, that that's good. And I think, you know, one of the key takeaways there um, is just self-awareness, you know, um, there's tons of gurus out there who who will tell you their method, and it's not like their method's wrong or anything. But if you're trying that, and you're and you're, I don't want to say you're not getting success, but you're just not feeling like that's that's you. You know, if you hear these people are waking up at four in the morning and crushing it, um, but you get your energy and your creative 
you know, your creative juices flowing in the evenings. Don't, don't try and be like them because you think that's the path, you know, um, yeah. every, everyone carves out their own, their, their own way. You know, currently in the Astro community, there's a big social media challenge that's going right now, right? There's a big push to get louder on social. And I completely understand why. And, and I, and I think it's necessary at some point in your business to, to definitely get loud. Um, but there was a, a lady who commented in the groups who said, um, you know, I'm an introvert and, um, you know, just that, that kind of stuff doesn't work for me. So, so does this mean that I'm not going to be successful? And, you know, a lot of people were chiming in, you know, no one was hating on her by any means. It's an incredible community. Uh, but a lot of people were saying, hey, look, you're not an introvert. You're actually, you know, it's just fear that's creeping in and, and whatnot. Mm. And, uh, you know, th there was some truth to that, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but I, I sent her a message just saying, hey, look, you, you don't have to be the loudest to, to win in business. And uh, so Jamil has a partner, Josiah. They're both co-founders of, uh, of Keekly and Josiah, you know, does a ton of other stuff. Josiah is very wealthy. You know, he's he's very well, uh, you know, he's not hating on his bank account when he looks yeah. at it. Um, <laughs> and you don't see Josiah's posts. He's not getting loud. You know, he's, mm. he seems like an introvert kind of guy. And so I, I told her, I think the more important thing is just to be self-aware and then work your ass off. That's, yeah. that's it. You know, don't I try feel to that like same that. way, you know, with building my brand. Uh, I got on the call at Blue Notes. I'm not sure if you guys know who mm -hmm. that is, Blue Notes Brandon. Uh, he wholesales in Orlando. Got on the call with him about last year or two years ago, and he was talking to me about branding and how important that is, right? I'm naturally, right, to me, uh, introvert. I like being in the back of the room, you know, behind the scenes and everything like that. But I noticed that once... You know, I get myself out there, my message that, you know, that hundred or 165,000 could double when you have an actual brand. So I feel like once I just consistently started posting, not really caring if people like it or not, you know, that's when everything takes off. So it goes really uh to me, it comes down to really consistency. If you if you're posting every day, regardless if it's great or not, if you post it every day, eventually you're gonna have great content back to back to back, and then that's when it takes off. So, man, I I gotta give you your props, bro, because you're like your reels are one of my favorite, and I'm not even saying that her. like you know, bones. <laughs> like they really are because they're so creative. I remember like there was one where you. I don't, I don't know where you were. You were surrounded by concrete. It, you guys, you just have to check yeah. out his reels. They're hilarious because they're, you could tell there's thought that goes into it. You know, yeah. it's not like they're all just in your house and you grab your phone. You'll be at different locations and they're funny. Uh, they're educational. Um, they're inspirational. Like I really, really, really dig your content. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about, like the gospels one. Yes. That's uh, what it was. Yeah. So I like listen to like Kurt Franklin and gospel yeah. on Sunday. So I was like, thought about, it. I'm like, you know what? I got a couple suits. Let me just go down to the Coliseum. It's not that far from my house and just make content there and see how it goes. And yeah, people love that. People love <laughs> yeah, man, you, your, your content's really good. Um, you know, obviously you've got a great thing going uh, in your business. Um, what are, what, what's a couple things that you're excited about this year? Ooh, that's a good one. So, oh, besides, you know, seeing others do really well, cause I'm getting a lot of people that's buying into my program. I got six deals right now with uh, JVs with people from the program trying to ramp that up to like 10, 15. Mm -hmm. uh, but besides that, I would say getting on different podcasts, networking, like going to Dallas, that, that felt just like how I felt when I went to TTP, you know, shaking a hand, making a new connection and hopefully events. I want to start doing events because I really don't like public speaking, but that's that fear you have to get over. You never know where that opportunity could take you and how much more people I can inspire. And yeah, so I will say that big going doing the event soon. That's awesome, man. I, I can't wait to see uh, your event. 
we will definitely, Tanner and I will definitely do everything in our power to get our entire team there. Um, Cause we're, we're in Florida. We do land there. I'd love to meet you, man. I'd love to just sit down and, and chop it up with you, you know, outside of the cameras and, and yeah. recording devices. <laughs> um, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you what, just one last question and I'll let Tanner, you know, prepare anything that, that he's got. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> You know, for anyone who is in the wholesaling world and maybe they're considering, you know, doing land, maybe they're not, maybe they heard that land is easy or, you know, they're hearing these stories that, man, people are killing it in land. Um, What's your, what's your feedback for, for those, for those people? I would say uh, nothing's really easy. It may be simple, but it's not easy. You have to put in the work without the work. There's gonna, there's no result, uh, and I would say definitely tap in with me because what what I noticed from land, besides it being less saturated, uh, there's a lot of opportunities. There's fairly the conversation is straight to the point. Right. That's one thing I love about land. I don't have to ask about the condition. You know, really, I don't even have to ask about motivation. Right. It's more so finding the gold. So. There's so many opportunities out here. Like I showed my students and my members of the academy. If you look on Zillow, you put sold lots last 30 days, you remove the boundaries, you'll see across the whole United States, there's lots selling throughout this US. I literally closed the deal in California using that same strategy. You know, looking at where lots were selling, I seen a good amount of lots selling in this pocket market in that area and i made some good money in that market so it's so much opportunities in this game and this is why i need like as much people to tap in because the more people that tap in get good success i get that feeling again over and over and that's how you become a world changer so trying to change people's lives incredible i i I mean, I can probably speak for Aisham on this where, man, your story is incredible. Um, you know, not only of how you got into real estate, but just the persistence and, um, you know, the risk you took. Uh, I, I think that goes a long way to, to show why you're successful because um, not everyone's willing to do the things you've done. So that's just a testament to you. Um, but the, the I guess more or less a question is to kind of wrap this thing up is what's, the, the piggyback on the last question, what's maybe if a wholesaler came to you and said, hey, I want to get into land. And I know there could be a whole nother episode on just this question. I'm <laughs> not to ask you, but what quick steps would you tell them, you know, to, to get started? Like in one market, mm-hmm. here's my market. You know, are you telling them to go look, you know, for active listings? Are you going to tell them just to go pull an off market list? Like what are maybe two to three, maybe four steps real quick? to get the first deal, to sell the first deal. Yeah. So with, with how I, you know, teach it and what I do, I tell people with this business, it's a three-part system. There's a market, there's a builder, and there's a landowner. So using that same Zillow method that I just mentioned, I'll look on Zillow, see where a good pocket of land is selling. Now I found the market. So now with the builders, you know, you can find the builders on Google. Let's say you don't have no money at all. You just have a phone bill. Contact the builders on Google. Type in spec home builders in the specific area that you're focusing on that you found on Zillow. And I want you to contact each one of those builders. Go to their contact page and ask them, you know, how many lots they're looking to buy. Uh, What zip codes, what prices. Now you have the market and the builder. You have the information you need. Now you need the vacant land owner. Let's say you have no money again. Just got your phone and laptop. I want you guys to go to Facebook Marketplace. You go to Facebook Marketplace. You put that same zip code in Facebook Marketplace. And you're going to see there's going to be a couple people that's looking to sell their lot. Not everybody uses realtors. Some people like, you know, doing it direct. So this is what I did last year. I, I, you know, besides me pulling lists, I made $30,000 without spending a dime just using Facebook Marketplace and Google. So now you find that seller on Facebook Marketplace, you offer him lower than the builder's price, and then you get 
all the contracts, put it together, send it to the title company. And in 30 days, you can make five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars free so, like that. I, I think this is I think this is gold again. I know we could have a whole nother episode, so I'm not <laughs> gonna I'm not gonna deep dive into this at all. I mean tell myself I'm not. Um, but I like kind of how you phrase that because um kind of I mean essentially how our company underwrites land is really in depth. Um I mean we break down utilities and all, all kinds of stuff, right? Zoning and and I'm sure you know all that stuff as well, obviously. So I like how you said for an quick tip essentially is just go find the builder first find what they would buy that at and then just go get less than that so are you telling your students and the you know the people that you mentor yourself are you you're, are you not telling them when you underwrite um the hey look maybe look for this that calculate you know uh, if it needs a septic tank or whatever you're simply just telling them go look for the builder go get a price then go get less than that my first builder, he literally paid me over $300,000 using that same strategy. Wow. He literally, just a couple of days ago, I posted in my academy. He gave me 10 markets. He's looking for 10 lots this market, five lots this market, eight lots this market. He gave me the price points and the zip codes. All, all I have to do is follow what he gives me. They're, they're buying these lots. They're building houses. They're either going to sell it or rent it out. So... They literally give you all the information you need. Now, not all builders lay it out like that, but when yeah. you build a connection with them, once they see your track record, that's when they give you all the information you need. And all I have to do is make offers. I have to send out the text, send out the cold call, and send out the mail. And if as long as I'm doing that marketing funnel, I'm guaranteed going to get a deal or two or three or 10. I love that. <laughs> That. So how, you've mentioned you, you coach um, or you teach some students and, you know, you've got a program, essentially. Uh, could, can you tell us maybe a little just real quick about that and maybe how if someone was interested in that and learning from you uh, specifically, how they could reach out to you and find out more about it? Yeah, so I do have a course. It's called Land Your First Deal because I'm trying to get people to land their first deal. I love it. And it's literally <laughs> videos of me breaking down step by step by step of what I'm doing and what I teach the members of the academy to do from finding sellers, builders, and then not just that, right? I'm literally on the phone with realtors because I'm also updating it as I'm learning and growing. You know, I'm contacting I got a deal in New Mexico, never even been there. Mm. Listed it with a realtor, and I'm about to make twelve thousand on that deal. So, mm. contacting realtors, letting them know that you'll pay them a flat fee of a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars if you list a lot. And so, I break that all down in the course. Now, I have the academy where it's a private Discord for fifty dollars a month, and with this is four Zoom calls uh, a month, so once a week where we literally answer any questions that uh, people may have. And we put our builders criteria prices in that discord. So you don't have to find the market in the oh, building. Wow. All awesome. you have to do is pick up the phone and start dialing. So that's how I have six deals right now going on with members of the Academy. Cause I send them the market and the builder and literally one dude, he came in, he has 600, right? He bought my program, which is 500, got into the academy. He started making calls. And within a week, he found a deal. I had the builder. And we're about to make $13,000 on that deal. So it's a very quick turnaround. Uh, with this game, we're finding gold. So I feel like speed is important. So if you're watching this, tap in as soon as possible because Spring and summer is coming, and that's where a lot of opportunity is is across the nation, not just Florida. You know, I close deals in Florida, North Carolina, Colorado, Arizona, California, maybe New Mexico if this one closes and makes it to the finish line. Like, it's opportunities out there. So speed and get to it. Love it. Man, that's incredible. Like. So one thing I, I will say, and this is mostly for the, the listeners and viewers, is 
Elijah's a tough get. You know, he's busy. He's got a lot of stuff going on. He's got his business um, and he's, he's got his, obviously his, his uh, academy um, and, and everything else that's going on in his world. So he, you know, you're not going to probably, you're not going to shoot him a, a, you know, a, a question on IG and hear back right away. Um, so let me ask you in, in your course or in the, in the academy or whatnot, do they have the, do your students have the ability to ask you questions directly? Yeah, so that's why I created the academy. And this is why I made it, you know, $50. Because usually for these Zoom calls, like I told you with Jazz, I charge her 300 for 30 minutes. I try to make it $50 so a good amount of people could join. And then they all have access to me. And not just me. It's me, Jazz, a couple other people that I taught within the last two years that, you know, made over... 80 or 90,000, uh, we're all breaking it down. So right. with the academy, it's not like everything is even coming to me. We all split this because it's a group effort. Mm -hmm. So it's about five of us that we get on Zoom each week, Wednesday or Friday, and we basically try to hold uh, the people that join the program their hand to get their first deal. And not only that, you know, kind of motivate too, because I put the builders criteria, the price points and everything in my academy. So it's it's literally no excuse. All you have to do is send out the messages. So incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Well, well, I mean, obviously, Elijah, you you've been at this for a little while. You're you're you know, you're you're very successful. Um, what are what are some of the the highlights or the the crazy experiences that real estate has allowed you to to experience so uh well with certain deals like i just got a deal for seven thousand right this deal i i did not know it was going to close right uh once i signed with the seller you know on prop stream it just had the, the i guess the husband's name the wife's name wasn't on it so once we send it to the title company we're getting ready to close uh the title company mentions that you know, the ex-wife, their name is on the deed as well. So I'm trying to contact the wife through True People Search. I send her a letter in the mail. She didn't get back to me. So I'm like, oh, this deal might not be go through. I get an email from the seller, I mean, from the title company. And they said they reached out to the wife and she's on go. And I literally made 7000 from that deal, you know, and it kind of slipped my mind. I was already on to the next one. So it was just another extra 7,000 that just came in my lap. So another thing with land is it's very quick. It's very quick. So I get a lot of deals from uh, direct mail where I send out Google Street View pictures of their lot. Mm, I literally smart. get a lot of people that call me up and say, I work with you because you actually took the time and went to my lot and took the picture. I was, <laughs> like, I yeah. was in Steve Martin or Columbia. <laughs> I, I didn't go to the lot. So <laughs> it's, it's different strategies. If you use that sets you apart, and if you use it consistently, you can make a lot of money while doing it. There you go. That's, that's one of the key themes to my life. I always say, don't be better, be different. Yep. Different sets yourself apart and it makes you a lot more memorable. It makes you more remarkable. Um, and so that that's incredible, bro. Um, we're, you know, we'll, 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 we'll land this plane. Um, but I definitely want to thank you so, so much, man, for, for, you know, blessing us with your time and really just giving us, I mean, so much gold on, on this, on this mm -hmm. episode. Uh, this, this is incredible. Um, for, so obviously you have the Academy and whatnot, but uh, where can people follow you at? Yeah. So follow me on Instagram at thy book of Eli on Facebook. It's my first and last name, Elijah Bryant. And if you're interested in doing land and using the same strategy that I use, you could text land at 813-687-8867. And I do weekly free classes where I literally break down the game. And yeah, if you want to learn, if you want to make some money, tap in with me. Any market. Any market. Well, not Man. any market, because 
I don't really like <clears throat> upstate. I tried New York and everything like that. Is is better? I notice for me at least is better in the southern regions because of the climate and everything like that. But I think you could get a deal any market, you know, if you send out the marketing. So absolutely, absolutely. Well, Elijah, again, thank you so, so, so much, man. It, it, it's really been a pleasure. Um, and I can't, man, I, I hope we can have you back on here, you know, in six months to a year just to, uh, you know, maybe share some stories about some of the stuff we've experienced, you know, on land and, and really kind of chop up the land conversation. Maybe not go so much mindset, but just really go into some of the dirt um, around what it is that we do in, the, in this beautiful world of land. But brother, thank you so, so, so much. You know, uh, massive respect to you. And uh, we're, just, we're just humble and grateful. So thank you again. And guys, we, absolutely. Um, we want to see you. We want you in, in Elijah's spot right there. So get out there, crush it, make it happen. And we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace. What up, Elite fan? That's a wrap for today's episode. But look, if you got value out of the show today, do us a huge favor and give us a review or give us a like or subscribe. Do all the things to help us get the word out there. And look, we want to see you on the next show. So get out there and crush it, make it happen. Stay tuned for the next episode. Peace.